Time now for another Bob and Tom Extra. This is Christopher. You know, we get you to work every morning on the Bob and Tom Show. Now, every afternoon at 3, we're going to post a little extra for you to get you laughing on your way home or whenever you download this thing. On the big show today, Kevin Nealon's in studio talking about Saturday Night Live plus comedian Alex Kuman. Happy to be here. We've just been joined by... Kevin Nealon, comedian, who apparently got the memo that it was flannel shirt day. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. Now I feel bad that I'm the only one not wearing one. You've got one? Yeah, not put it on. bringing it up again. Just put it on. Christy brought it in. and Look how, look how he picks it up. <laughs> oh, he can't take it. He picks it up like he's holding a diaper. Like it's a, a brand new diaper. shirt. I washed it. That's not a very sh- big shirt. It looks like it's a child's small. It's it an extra large. It has one It has one pocket, so I'm out. Uh, rip off a sleeve for uh, me. Okay. Uh, that's uh. that's the voice of Alex Kuman. Kevin Nealon has just joined us. Uh, Give me that shirt back. I am so excited to be here, Tom. I was outside watching you guys on the feed, and uh-huh. I said the same thing. It must be flannel shirt day, because I got mine on, too. <laughs> yes. Was that just by chance? And you know what the hotel I'm staying at? There's a hunter's convention, so everyone's got flannel and camel, uh, camouflage. It's camouflage flannel shirts. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a nice shirt. Yeah. Wow. Um, good to see you, Kevin. Long time no see. Oh, We've talked gosh. to you many times since yeah. uh, you were on this program way before you were on Saturday Night Live. That's right. Remember that. That's right. Back this, in the before day. I was went to middle school, I was on this show. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, oh, yeah. <laughs> you and I are the exact same age. So oh, okay. <laughs> nothing will be revealed. <laughs> you, right. This radio station, I mean, this is, you guys are all over, I know you're worldwide on the uh, Arms Forces Network, but you're also um, everywhere in the United States, too. Lots of places. Happy to be, happy to be there. And I'll you're be, on the TV all the time. I'm on the TV, yeah. And Man With a Plan is back. It's back in February, fourth season. It's a show with, on CBS with Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know Tommy Jonigan, our friend? Uh, Tommy, he, I love Tommy. I was just uh, He just did my show the other night. I do a show at the Laugh Factory once a month in uh, L.A. It's called New Material Night. Oh, and, no, Tommy's doing stand-up again? Oh, <laughs> God. He, was, he was, took a few years off to write yes. on, the, on the show I'm on. And uh, and creating other shows, and now he's going back into stand-up. He's really good. Oh, he's oh. he's one of the best. Yeah, we've known him as a stand-up for many years. Yeah, since he was a baby, he's a little baby comedian. Baby comedian. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, the reason I'm on the show I'm on now is because of Tommy. Really? Tommy wrote a pilot a couple of years ago. I forget the name of it, but believe it or not, he played his father. Can you believe that? It should be the other way around. But um, <laughs> so. <laughs> We all, uh, we all, you know, we had a good time doing it, and Tommy played the lead, and um, and the show didn't get picked up. But CBS saw uh, Tommy and liked his writing, and also they liked me from that show. So when this Matt LeBlanc show came along, they remembered me, and they said, "Yeah, let's bring him in." Hmm. So I did a chemistry. I had to do a chemistry read with Matt LeBlanc, and I came right from the dentist. Oh, from that. So half of my face was numb, <laughs> you know. But I had to. I had to be there. So I, by the time I get there, I've kind of crammed the lines into my head, and I'm in a side room, you know, where the producers are, off off to the side, and Matt LeBlanc comes in. I've never met him before. It's Joey. Yeah, you know, sure. It's Tribbiani. <laughs> and he comes in, and he goes, hey, how you doing? And I say, I say oh, that's that line. Yeah. And, he was hitting on you. Yeah, goes, well, how you, you doing? Yeah, right. How you doing? I, I found out since then he doesn't like that at all. Oh. You don't don't bring that up with him. It's like saying dynamite to the wrong guy. <laughs> well, one day we had a uh, one day we had a little face off where I kept going, "How you doing?" to him, and he kept going, "We want to pump you up." <laughs> ah. 
So, so I do the uh, I, the chemistry. We do a, a run through with him, you know, and we're doing our lines. And then he leaves, and he goes into the other room. And he told me later, the producers asked him. They said, "How did he do? How was he?" He goes, "You know, he's pretty good, but I think he might have had a stroke because you know from the novocaine." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow! I just come from the dentist, so you know. What is the classic? Is it is it ten? Is that the movie where Dudley Dudley Moore's been to the dentist and? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that great scene? He's trying to. With Bo Derek, yeah, yeah, with Bo Derek, and he's like what drinking tea or something, and it's hotter, and so he's his whole face is. Yeah. Yeah, I had that happen to me recently, and I. Do you know what Tom? You mentioned ten. And I would say 75% of the country now has never heard of that movie. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can top that. I think Second that's way low. Oh, here we go. I, I can top that. Um, today, we had a sad death in the Why would you want to top world. that? Because <laughs> Kevin and I are the same age. So when he was a five-year-old boy, he probably was listening and watching this TV show. 77, Remember that? I sure do, man. As a little kid, little kid. Yeah, there was a lot of brill cream in that hair. Yeah, yeah kooky, and there was the song That's a crazy finger snap, too. It is that good. Is. Holy hell. They got the same guy that did The Adams Family. Oh. Yeah, yeah. First call, finger snapper. He was a session snapper, yeah. That guy was in big demand back then. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. The, Theodore the, Thumbs uh, Johnson. Uh-huh. The funny thing is, it probably was the same guy. Probably. <laughs> There's a small group of people that do that stuff. Yeah, the uh, kooky. Uh, Ed Burns, Ed, E-D-D, not Ed Burns, the younger filmmaker. That's right. Right. Often confused. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Never confused. <laughs> <laughs> because as you pointed out, it's like mentioning Bo Derek and Ten. It's it's just gone. <laughs> that was kind of a cultural milestone, and then that's iconic. Her on the beach there, or whatever. Yeah, but it's pretty much gone away. I think Kevin is right. That braided yeah, no, yeah. hair that everybody got in the Bahamas. Yeah. You saw that for years after. You know, um, I live in Los Angeles, and. I've never looked for 77 Sunset's trip. I wonder if there is an address there. Oh. I need to know where to leave uh, flowers. Yeah. <laughs> well, every once in a while, something will happen. We had a story a couple days ago. Uh, the In Br- the Bronx, the stairway used in Joker yeah. is now being inundated by fans. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm sure 70 years ago, whatever it was, or 60 years <laughs> ago, they were, they were taking t- pictures t- at 77 Sunset's trip. <laughs> More inundated, though, than the uh, Exorcist staircase in Georgetown? Mm-hmm. They yeah. mentioned that in the that article. Was, yeah, yeah. I wonder, I wonder which one is more famous. And the Rocky yes. statue. Yes. Those were sort of the iconic. And also there's staircases in uh, L.A. and Los Feliz where um, I think it was um, Abbott, no, Abbott and Costello? Oh, the famous piano. Oh, the piano, yeah, yeah, the, the piano. Uh, music uh, box. Yeah. yeah. Who was that? Was Laurel that? and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's I'd a lot of famous staircases that. out there, but no famous escalators. No, there sure aren't. Yeah. Except for maybe um, Miracle on 34th Street at Macy's. <laughs> oh, right. hmm. Is that an escalator? That's a wooden, it was a wooden escalator. Oh, yeah, God, you're huh. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Those are cool. Yeah. But <laughs> you don't want to get stuck on one of those. Oh, man, you stand there for hours. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the wood becomes petrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do, how do they get you down from there? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very... They don't. <laughs> Kevin Nealon is our guest. When you made the transition from being a stand-up to, and, and you uh, were on Saturday Night Live, for example, when you would do the weekend update, because you did that for several years, did you sit in the writer's room with everybody, or was that... How did that work? First of all, when you say when you made the transition, I got scared for a minute. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Formerly, got me confused. Formerly Alice Nealon. <laughs> You're thinking of EDD. <laughs> um, no, I, well, here's what happened, Tom. That's a good question. The writers typically didn't like to write for Weekend Update. 
because it wasn't glorifying. You know, nobody on Monday would around the water cooler would say, hey, man, who wrote that Clinton joke? Mm-hmm. You know, that was a great joke. They wanted to write characters and have really, you know, good sketches. So uh, I would I would send out um, alerts to my friends. If anybody has a joke for Weekend Update, people that weren't even on the staff, I'll pay them $50 out of my own pocket for the joke. And I was also writing, looking at the papers. And you couldn't look at the papers until like, Saturday morning because all the late night talk shows and morning radio people had covered everything that was going sure. on in the news. Right. They made all the jokes about it. So eventually, um, Lauren Michaels hired a, a writer for me. And also before that, they put out a breakfast up in the writer's wing of 30 Rock on the 17th floor to try to entice writers to come to write Weekend Update. So they had a hot breakfast catered and they had newspapers all over the big table like this and AP photos because there was no Google back then. This is back in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> and so the only people that would come up to write would be Al Franken. Um, um, Norm MacDonald would kind of come oh up because oh. he just wanted to read the paper and have breakfast, but he wouldn't write anything. <laughs> and a few of the newer writers. So that didn't really work. Uh, so the, uh, the answer is no, I, I wouldn't get into a room with a, a lot of writers. Hmm. But you had to come up with a bunch of stuff yourself. Yeah, I came up with a lot of stuff myself that's too. A, yeah, that's yeah. still a, one of the great formats of all time. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. uh, the the newscaster at the desk. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. I think they've really done a great job of keeping of maintaining really strong people doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, it's such a, a diverse, eclectic group of people that have done it. You know, everyone from the original Chevy Chase, who I kind of emulated my uh, Weekend Update character after. To uh, Jane Curtin, to you know Tina, and uh, all the other people, you know Colin Quinn, Dennis. Yeah. Dennis was a big mainstay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it when Dennis Miller did it. He's there's something about him that just. It's kind of nice too when the Weekend Update person doesn't do sketches as well, which is what I was doing. I was doing both sketches and uh, the Weekend Update, so it was kind of unnerving. You know, after the dress show, I would go to um, the segment producer, and I would tell him which jokes that I wanted to keep in. And he was also a writer, so he liked to keep his jokes in. Oh. So <laughs> I had so much other stuff going on. I was doing sketches and, you know, learning lines. And so when I do the live uh, version of the Weekend Update, I would do it do it all. And then i go home, and the next morning I'd be laying in bed, and then he didn't take that joke out. I said, take that joke out. <laughs> but he knew I was so, you know, distracted by other things that I couldn't really focus that much on it. That's much you'd be nervous. You're on, you're on Saturday yeah. Night Live. Our guests, uh, Alex Kuman and Kevin Nealon. And I wanted to ask Kevin a question about um, your career. You, you you were on The Tonight Show when you were in your 20s. Let me think here. 30s, early 30s. Were you early 30s? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it, when, when you did that, you'd been doing stand-up, I guess, for six years? Yeah, right? about six years, yeah. Do you remember the first joke you did on The Tonight Show? Uh, I don't, I don't remember what it was. It was like 84, 85. Uh, that doesn't help. <laughs> I'm giving you time to think. <laughs> um, yeah, but I will tell you, I almost forgot my whole act uh, while I was waiting to come out. You know, they're playing, they're coming back from the commercial and Johnny introduces me and the curtains open up, the band's playing, the crowd's going crazy. And as I'm walking out to my spot, totally blanked out, Oh man, oh. totally blanked out. And I'm standing there not knowing my act, the opening line. And by the time the last clap was finished, it came to me, thank God. Oh, yeah. boy. They don't put it on cue cards? Not then, no. Wow. Oh. Now they do bullet points by the camera and stuff if you want it. But back then, yeah, you didn't. I didn't even have notes in my pocket. Oh, I, oh my I, I knew three days before when I was going to do it for the first time. They told me that I, you know, I had passed and, and, and they would take me on there. So from the minute they said you're doing it on Monday or whatever the day was, 
all I did was go over my act in my head, my five-minute act, all day long. I could be talking to you now. You think I'd be listening to you, but really, I'm, I'm doing my act in my head, <laughs> you know? And then I forgot it when I came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. But then I did, I did remember it, and then it was just a thrill, man. Just I, I remember standing out there. Doing my act and hearing the laughs—it was kind of echoey in the in the in the you know in the distance. I could hear it because I was so inside my head. And the applause breaks. I could hear Johnny laughing. That had to have been amazing. Oh, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm on the Tonight Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they like me, and, and he like likes me. you, and he likes yeah. me, and he invited me over for a panel afterwards. It was like oh. a dream. Nothing has ever surpassed that in my career. Saturday Night Live or Weeds, any of that stuff. Nothing gave me that thrill like that first. Uh, and I don't know if there's any shows like that now. That because that was really the only game back then. Right? It was just the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson yeah. at night. And now there's, of course, all these other shows. You don't get that thrill with us? <laughs> no, I'm talking late night. Mornings. Mornings is the one. I'm talking mornings. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't even think straight right now. <laughs> <laughs> your act. Right, so maybe later this afternoon it'll come, you'll, it'll come to you. Be going, Wait a minute. My first joke was, oh, there it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So you and you've been working on that that set of what is it five minutes six minutes for five minutes six minutes yeah for well it was it was a bit I used to do I I don't remember the first joke but the the basic bit was would you rather I mean this was you know like back in eighty four before the board game and all that stuff it was a thing I remember doing as a kid would you rather be buried up to your neck in dirt mm. and have somebody paint your head like a soccer ball <laughs> and then have some Brazilian kids start hanging around? Or would you rather, oh gosh, I don't know. Oh, let's say get your finger slammed in a car door and have the guy drive away through a car wash. <laughs> and then they would answer and then I would say, why? Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Because, you know, they might use hot wax at the car wash. <laughs> right, right. So I did that and that was like my big thing back then. And uh, and he would, he liked that. Carson liked that last week. He brought me back again and again. And then I don't remember. Some people remember like every, like Tom Dreesen remembers how many he did and all that. I, I don't have any recollection of how many I did with Johnny. I did a lot of guest hosts. I think I maybe I did maybe three or four with Johnny. And then I think he cut me loose because during a Christmas uh, holiday, I came on and my opening joke was, this is the joke I remember. I'm getting ready for the holidays. I've been doing a lot of drinking and driving. <laughs> and <laughs> the talent coordinator calls me uh, later that night. He goes, oh, what What was with that opening joke? We didn't go over. I said, yeah, that, that's always been part of my act. That's, you know, he wasn't paying attention. I didn't know that Johnny had a DUI and he had gotten into some serious problems with drinking. Oh. And, uh. I know, so I so I don't think I did it again after that. Ah. And they garbled that whole joke when I it came out. <laughs> I watched it on TV. I came out. And I go, hey, how you doing? I mean, I'm getting ready for the holidays. I'll do that dream driving. Wow! I said, what did I say? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I did not know that. How did you? Uh, how did you, how did the Saturday Night Live thing happen? Well, the story with that is I'm. You know, I've been friends with Dana Carvey for a long time before he was on SNL. And he was selected to be on that show uh, for that coming fall. And I was excited for him. I was reading Backstage Live. I was dating Jan Hooks at the time. And I was good friends with Dana. And I was excited that I knew somebody that was going to be on SNL. And he goes to New York. And two weeks later, out of the blue, I get a call from him. He goes, hey, Kev, I'm out at Lauren Michaels' house in Long Island. I'm in the back bedroom. Guess who's in the kitchen? Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. I said, you're kidding me. He goes, no. Anyway, Lorne Michaels is looking for one more cast member. I told him about you. You might want to see your audition tapes. 
I said, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd are in the kitchen? <laughs> I wasn't even hearing the other stuff. Because you know, I knew I wouldn't get on that show. I mean, because I don't do characters or impressions or, or accents or things like that. I'm just a stand-up, a really good stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. Uh, so, um, so I send him my tapes, and two weeks later, I get another call from Dana. Kev, I'm back out at Lauren Michaels' house. I'm in the back bedroom. This is in the kitchen. Steve Martin. No way. Yeah. Anyway, good news. Lauren like your tapes. I think they're going to fly you in for an audition. I said, Steve Martin's in the kitchen. <laughs> I, I wouldn't believe it. You know, I didn't want to be let down. But I fly into New York. You know, I'm going to show up. I go to 30 Rockefeller Plaza where they tape the show. And, uh, and I go up to Studio 8H. I walk in there. I immediately get really tired because I used to fall asleep watching that show. It was an association thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do my little audition. And then I leave. And two weeks later... I find myself sitting in a high-rise in Beverly Hills across from Lauren Michaels. He's offered me a job on SNL. Man, oh, man. I said, let me think about it, Lauren, over the weekend. <laughs> That's the way I roll. That's, yeah. He said, well, you think about it over the weekend. We'll see you in New York on Monday. Next thing I know, I'm at Lauren Michaels' house in Long Island, and I got a call from Dana. He goes, Kev, I'm at Lauren Michaels' house. I'm in the back bedroom. Guess who's in the kitchen? I said, I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> So when you, let me ask you this: I, uh, What was the first thing you bought when you became successful? Because you you were you were bartending, you were uh, hustling around town, working as a young stand-up. You hadn't been on the Tonight Show yet, but you, when you finally had had some extra extra money, did you buy a better car? What did you? Well, what I wish I bought was long-term health care. But what I did get was um, I got a uh, yeah I got a uh, a new Saab. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was a turbo. Powered Saab. And I remember Jerry Seinfeld at the time was into Saabs. He had a lot of Saabs. So we would always talk about the Saab and all that. But but I deserved that car because before that, my first car was a um, Datsun B210. Sure. Oh, yeah. And it, it was the color of an ace bandage because that's what all they had on the lot. <laughs> and um, Attractive. And my manager talked me into getting it without a radio because it would be cheaper and without AC. <laughs> <laughs> The worst management decision ever. <laughs> and I remember going on a date one night. I picked up this girl I was really, really um, excited about. And she was so disappointed I didn't have a radio in the car. <laughs> and I got one more date out of that. But the next time I cut out a Blaupunk radio from a, a magazine and I taped it to the back. <laughs> I said, I got a radio. I got a radio. I remember those. <laughs> they were, they were. There's today's edition of the Bob and Tom Extra for you. Make sure you catch us every weekday afternoon at 3. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. For the Bob and Tom Show, this is Christopher speaking. Have a great one.